Join me, Gary Bembridge, as we cruise the Caribbean like an expert. I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. Hi and welcome to this edition of Tips for Travellers, the Global Travel Destination podcast. On the last podcast, we spoke a little bit about cruising the Caribbean, a bit of the background, a bit of the history. And in this part two of Cruising the Caribbean, we're going to talk about some critical tips to really make sure that you can cruise the Caribbean the absolute best way possible. So in the last podcast, I spoke about what you should expect when cruising the Caribbean. We explored why you should be cruising the Caribbean, the main features of the Caribbean cruise industry, the history of the Caribbean, the history of cruising. We looked at the impact of the cruise industry on the Caribbean. But in this one, I'm going to give you six really important tips um, that I hope will help you cruise the Caribbean like an expert. And please, if you have any additional thoughts or comments, you know, please drop me an email or leave a comment via the blog. And you visit the blog at www.tipsfortravelers.com and you'll find all the connections and links and so on there. And remember that Tips for Travelers, Travelers is spelled with two L's. So let's have a look at the tips for cruising the Caribbean as an expert. My tip number one is about reviewing my first time cruiser tips. Now, I've done a previous podcast and also have a blog post which have 16 key tips for first time cruisers. If you're looking for the podcast, that was podcast number 59. So take a look for podcast 59 either on the blog or on iTunes or wherever you're getting this podcast from. This is based on many cruises I've taken, both Caribbean cruises, transatlantic crossings, European cruises, and things that I've learned and obviously learned from others as well. And these are really fundamental tips. They've proven to be popular. They're one of my most popular podcasts, one of my most popular blogs, and people have found them very helpful. So that would be my tip number one. Take a look at those kind of first-time cruiser tips. Those are some real fundamentals about cruising, particularly if you haven't been on a cruise before. My second tip for cruising the Caribbean like an expert is choose your cruise line very, very carefully. There are so many cruise brands now and you need to choose who you visit the Caribbean with very carefully. It really can make or break your cruise experience. Now, most of the United States-based cruise lines operate extensive schedules to the Caribbean. Now, not only out of Miami and Fort Lauderdale, but multiple plots ports, including even New York. In fact, my next Caribbean cruise is actually going to be out of New York on Cunard. So there's a lot of choice if you're visiting the Caribbean from the US or a US port. But also it's important to remember that many of the European cruise lines 
also operate Caribbean schedules. They tend to run from September to March, and they really what they do is they reposition their ships into the area during the European winter because it's 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 too cold to run a, a Mediterranean schedule at that time of the year. So the, there are a lot of a lot a lot a lot of ships uh, cruising the Caribbean. So you know, choose your line very carefully. And some things that may help, particularly if you're thinking about the Caribbean, is cruise lines tend to be quite nationalistic about where they promote. And they tend to track the bulk of their passengers. So, so that's very important. So most cruise lines will tend to have the vast majority of passengers from their home countries on board. So, for example, I used a P&O ship when I went on my previous Caribbean cruise. And it was probably about, I would say, 90, 95% UK passengers, you know, people from the UK. Italian lines like MSC and Costa tend to be majority Italian. And, of course, Carnival, Holland America, you know, will tend to be more American-based passengers. So think about, you know, the type of passengers that you may want to be on board with. It's also important because the entertainment, the onboard game, the quizzes, the talks, and all that kind of thing tend to be slanted towards the home country of the ship. So be prepared for that. So... Of course, using a cruise line which is not from your home country is particularly good for those who are a bit more adventurous, you, you know. So if you want a more European experience and you're from the U.S., you may want to choose a P&O ship or a Cunard ship. Or if you want to get a more American experience, you, you're in Europe, you want to choose a Carnival or whatever. So just think about that because often the quizzes, the questions, all that kind of the entertainment will be skewed a little bit towards those kind of passengers. The other thing to do is, is when you're choosing, choosing your cruise line is, is think about how formal you'd like your cruise to be. Now, many of the lines, you know, will have a formal approach. So if you take Cunard, for example, Cunard will tend to be much more formal in what they require you to wear, for example, for dinner. So they will tend to be a little bit more flexible in their mixture between formal and informal casual, but they will tend to have a, pr- a pretty strict dress code on formal nights and even on informal nights, you know, jack and tie, they, you will be expected to wear it and you will not be allowed into the dining room without it. So if that's not your thing, then, you know, make sure you're choosing a line which is perhaps more relaxed. You know, MSC, for example, you know, maybe less than 30% of people will wear formal gear on formal nights. You know, the line doesn't mind. So you need to think about that. You have fun ships or you have those with more freestyle approaches. So make sure that you think about, particularly if you go to the Caribbean where it's hot, you, you may want to have a more relaxed, less kind of formal approach. The other thing that you need to think about is if you don't like being surrounded by kids, because a lot of kids will go on Caribbean cruises, it's very popular for families, think about the line you choose. Now, some European lines like Piano, for example, will have adult-only ships operating the Caribbean, so no kids are on the ship at all. Or you choose, obviously, cruises out of school holiday times. Uh, and again, check uh, if you're going on a U.S. line, what are the U.S. Uh, holiday periods and, and that kind of stuff. So think about that cruise line very carefully. My third tip is, you know, see and use a Caribbean cruise as a taster for future land-based vacations. Now, those of you who listened to the podcast last time will know that I feel that one of the risks with the Caribbean cruises, they are quite frantic, you know, it's a port-to-port schedule. And so the islands can have a tendency to blur a bit into each other. You know, you have this beautiful Caribbean experience, glorious weather, beautiful island, beautiful beaches, 
but it, it can be more difficult to really appreciate the differences between the islands and really get, get, get the differences. So I think one thing you should do is approach a Caribbean cruise with a mindset of perhaps you're looking for a great island or two islands to go back and visit for longer. So see it as a sort of a sampler platter, you know, you're going to try out things and maybe go back to the island for a week or, or two weeks. Um, so choose excursions you think will give you the best sample of the kind of things or activities you may like to do for a longer trip. So if you like beaches, maybe do more of that. If you like walks, do more of that. If you like activity sports, do more of that. If you like history and so on and so forth. So actually think about you know, not just perhaps doing what you'd normally do on a cruise, but think about what are the sort of things that you may want to go and spend more time doing and which is the right island for you. You know, obviously a cruise where you're visiting islands back to back, which is how the, the Caribbean schedules tend to be, do provide an excellent way to help you choose the right and best island to visit at a later stage. You know, so, for example, I'll give you my, my personal example. From cruises to different islands, we knew that we want to go back to Barbados again. We want to go back to Grenada. We'd love to go back to St. Kitts. Whereas, you know, I was pleased to see St. Lucia, I was pleased to see Antigua, but I wouldn't really be in a rush to go back there. And, and, and a cruise helped enormously help in, t in terms of that. You know, so also, when you're looking at what your itinerary is, make sure that you're very clear about what your cruise line is defining as a stop and defining as an island. The reason I say that is, is quite a few of the cruise lines have stops at what they call private islands. Now, these are basically small islands. They have a beach and, and they have activities, but they as you own it, and, and it's not like an island like, Barbados or St. Lucia or St. Kitts. It's basically a place to stop, have some fun, and it's not a, a formal kind of holiday island, if you like. So, so make sure that you're understanding you know, where you're going and that there are true kind of islands. And, and, you know, you might be quite happy to just have somewhere where you're going to go and spend some time on, on the beach for a day and not sightsee. So that's my third tip. My fourth thing is really think about self-exploring versus cruise line arranged excursions. Now, obviously, the easiest thing to do is you go through the excursion list provided by the cruise line, you choose one for each port stop, you book it, and you're done. Every cruise line will have a wide range of tours on offer at every port, and often a lot of them are sold out, so there's a lot of pressure to kind of, you know, do them. They obviously know what people like because they do the stops over and over again, so they, they know what sells out and what doesn't. But I, I, I do wonder sometimes whether the, the tours listed are partly also driven by a little bit by inertia. So, you know, as a cruiser, we see the list of things that you kind of on offer. We assume that's what you have to do and that's what we do. But actually think about, you know, now with obviously the internet, there's every island has lots of links, there's blogs. Actually have a, you know, have a look at the islands you're going to, see what's on offer, have a look at perhaps doing a bit of self-exploring. Uh, you know, like in Grenada, for example, we discovered there's water taxis right with the cruise ship's dock and you can jump on a water taxi and go off to a beach or, or, or whatever. But just to a bit of exploration. And also it's important to know that, um, th there are different, uh, uh, companies that will provide trips. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. You know, the other thing that you may want to think about as you think about pacing your holiday, obviously you're going to the Caribbean. You want to relax, have a great time. You should maybe even think about staying on board, in some ports, it's probably a much underused option because, you know, the ship will be very empty. It'll be very quiet when it's in port. You know, most passengers, a lot of the crew often get off and go off an excursion. So you, you actually have, you know, 
the pools, the spa, and many other activities will be much less crowded and much less busy. Now, obviously, you don't want to stay on board in every port because you'll missing new places. But it is quite interesting about you know just spending the time enjoying what the ship can also offer. And as you know, there's other water taxis, or there's always, and particularly in the Caribbean, you're often you know docking right near the centre of the town, so you can get off, have a stroll around, or, or, or whatever. But think about you know pacing yourself because a port every day can be quite tiring. So maybe halfway through you just want to have a day where you just chill on the ship and have go to the spa or lay by the pool or whatever. So I think there's a couple of approaches when you're thinking about excursions that you sh- should think about is, you know, obviously you should look at the excursion book sent by the cruise line because it's going to give you a great overview of the kind of activities that are available and also the kind of things that are popular, the range of things that should be done. And also you get a feel for if there's, you know, a lot of history to be explored or it's a more an activities island. And you get a sense of the sort of prices that tours should cost, the sort of distances involved. So you get a sense of, you know, okay, that particular excursion is all day or that's, you know, one or two hours. So, so you get a sense of, of the scale of things. Then what you should think about is, you know, should you actually do it as part of the cruise line because there are other options. There's a there's a very good site which is called shoretrips.com. You know, shoretrips.com or one or one uh, word. It was set up by I think originally by two travel agents. They spend years, you know, identifying, validating tours on most of the Caribbean islands. You can actually go on the site, look at tours, you can book them, you can pay for them. They'll meet you at the ship still. And what they would argue um, both on the site and in various interviews I've heard from them, is that their tours will tend to have a smaller number of people. Uh, some of them you can even book exclusively. They they do cost less because the cruise lines often take a lot of margin on, on the tours. And they also make sure they have local people, a lot of local knowledge, a lot of passion. And, you know, certainly people that I've spoken to, uh, people who've used, you know, on cruise boards, they've been very, very complimentary about shorttrips.com. You know, often they'll take you for longer tours or more relaxing tours, uh, you know, secret beauty spots, beaches and the like. So that's the second thing to think about is, you know, maybe you actually don't use the cruise line. You actually do it more through a company like shorttrips.com. Then, of course, the option I've already spoken about is do it yourself. Uh, I think it's a very underappreciated, uh, underappreciated uh, option. The islands, largely speaking, are small. They're used to dealing with tourists who are in and out in the day. The, the places to go are well-known. They're well-documented online. They're well-documented in brochures. You know, the cruise lines have free shuttle buses if you can't walk. If, you know, but you know, doing it yourself is, is not a problem. Just make sure, of course, that you get back to the ship on time. Because if you're doing it by yourself, you're not linked to the ship. You know, I guess if there's a problem with the bus, getting back to the ship that the, the cruise line is organized, they're more likely to kind of wait for you before they set off. So just you know, watch the time if you're doing it yourself. So that's my other tip, which is around, you know, think about self-exploring or other options in terms of, of, of excursions. Because it can be quite a big chunk of your budget that you spend on excursions eventually. My fifth tip is about money. Now, the great thing with the islands is pretty much all the islands, I think pretty much all the islands, take the US dollar as the currency that's accepted. So it's great because there's no confusion about prices. You'll know how much things are costing you. There's always taxis on hand you know there's always tourist spots you so if someone gives you a price you know what it's going to cost you don't have to worry about exchange rates you don't have to worry about different currencies you know, you'll always find you know little shops and stands at the dock you can get maps you can check 
you know, what's a good price for a taxi to go to a certain place so you don't get ripped off if you're worried about that. And, you know, you, you do feel you're kind of a little bit in control because it's a currency that, you know, most people are familiar with. If you're from the U.S., obviously, but if you're not from the U.S., you know, it's only one currency you have to think about and, and understand the exchange rate for. So my tip number six is what are the best islands to visit? Now, of course, you, you kind of choose the islands you visit because it's going to depend on the itinerary and whether you're doing a West Caribbean or East Caribbean. But there's a couple of places that I've been to that I really, really felt were just fantastic. And on my blog, tipsfortravelers.com, I've, I've done sort of more in-depth reviews of these. But Barbados... It's a magical place. I, I adore Barbados. You know, I've got lots of, you know, blogs, podcasts about Barbados. I mean, they've got great beaches. You've got St. Lawrence Gap, which has, you know, lots of bars and shops. It's young and you know, vibrant. You've got upmarket resorts on the west of the island. There's some great beaches near Hull Town. What's also important about the Caribbean is, you know, there's no such thing as a private beach. So even the very exclusive um, Sandy Bay Hotel, you know, might give you the impression that it's a private beach, but anybody can use any beach. Um, and that's true right throughout the Caribbean. You've got all sorts of things to do in, in Barbados. There's, there's just loads to do. You can visit town. You've got Trafalgar Square, Nelson Statue. It's, it's just great. Grenada, if that's on your itinerary, is another great place. Great, great place to visit. It has the most stunning beaches. It's very easy to get to the beaches because you have water taxis. Uh, the Grand Ancy Beach is just glorious. Um, you know, a water taxi is going to cost you like three US dollars or something. You get great views of the port. The, the guys in the taxis are fantastic in terms of telling you the history of the island. You know, it's, it's just a really, really, really great place to go. And you can also sort of go for a little meander into the town we've got this tunnel which goes through sort of the mountain building about the 1890s the beautiful bay area there's lots of bars st lucia very very popular i'm less wild about st lucia um it's a great place to go a lot of people argue it is very pretty a lot of be careful of the excursions you choose there you know sandals resort day pass is a very popular excursion not very good i don't think um, St. Kitts. St. Kitts is another great, really amazing island. I would recommend going on the bike tour. If you've got the, uh, the energy, it lasts a morning. It's, it's quite strenuous, but you get beautiful scenery. The guys tell you a lot of the history. Um, you get to go for a swim. It, it's great. The other thing on St. Kitts is you can take a helicopter tour to the devastated island of Montserrat. A volcano erupted there. It, you know, lava flowed 100 miles an hour. It was evacuated. And you can see things like the airport now submerged. It's, it's, it's really popular. Uh, and so book early for that one. Antigua. Now, Antigua boasts that it has a different beach that you can visit every day. So, you know, they, you, know you could argue... It should definitely be a beach day. Um, it's 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 it, probably the best beach is Dickinson Beach. It's about a fifty minute cab ride, maybe eight dollars. Uh, it, it's it's just a beautiful, 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 beautiful beach in, in Antica. So those are some tips on how do you really get the most out of cruising the Caribbean. Just to recap those, take a look at. Uh, podcast 59 or take a listen to us head to podcast 59 about the sort of general cruising tips if you're going to caribbean think about your cruise line very carefully uh you know think also about approaching your and planning your excursions seen as a kind of a taster for a future land-based excursions then think about when you think about excursions think about self-exploring or using 
alternatives like shorttrips.com as well as the cruise line. So look at both of those to, to help decide what the right one's for you. Remember, it's really easy. It's a US dollar everywhere, so it's going to be easy to kind of budget, easy to think about it. And then in terms of the islands, obviously check that you're not just going to uh, private islands, you're going to some of these amazing islands and make sure that you do get the most out of them. As I said at the beginning, if you have any ideas or tips or thoughts you want to add to cruising the Caribbean, I'd love to hear um, from you. Please email me, you know, go to the blog at www.tipsfortravelers.com. You'll find all the links there to get in contact with me. And until then, have a really, really great time cruising and great travel. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com where travellers is spelled the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.